0: Thank you for joining us. I am your handsome host, Joe Stevens. Joining me as always is my lovable companion, my dear friend, Darren Angelus. Darren, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Yourself, Joe? Well, it is Wednesday, my dude. I'm not going to scream. That's just not going to work. <laughs> but I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Today, we are here to record our first ever episode. I know. Of... Our new podcast, How Do We Miss This? So Darwin and I had a conversation and realized we had some interesting black holes in our pop and nerd culture references, and we are using this time to berate each other for them and hopefully plug those gaps. Today we're going to be talking about the original Gen 1 Pokemon, which Darwin has never played until a couple of weeks ago. Correct. It is a 1996 JRPG wherein a young child is tasked with going out into the world to capture animals, subjugate them, and get them to fight other animals. Originally, it was red and green, released in Japan. Blue was followed up shortly thereafter, and not long after that was yellow. I believe it was 1998. With us... To talk about this is Sydney Wall. Sydney, how's it going? It's
1: good. I'm doing good. So, Sydney, I asked you to join us specifically because I knew that you'd played Gen 1 Pokemon for a long time and are pretty well versed with it. I wanted somebody who had additional experiences alongside Joe to talk through my observations and add to my experience that I missed, which is important because to be clear, I got to the point where I got the fifth badge and felt like that was a reasonable point to get a general feel for the game. I think Joe, you concur?
0: Yeah, when I originally brought this to your attention, you know, I I wasn't going to ask you to play a 8 10 15 20 hour game for our first episode. That's taskmaster territory. So I think of eight badges 5 is enough to get the feel, right? Enough to get the gameplay loop, the feel to really feel accomplished. Sid, would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say after about five of those, you get a pretty good sense of how it goes. Who is the fifth gym yeah. leader or the
1: f- fifth badge? What was that again? It was the psychic badge. Right. It was what's your face.
0: You just remember. played this game. It just <laughs>
1: happened. So it, I know it did, but like that was one thing that I think was interesting was that when I was playing aside from, Hey, I have this thing to do in a specific amount of time. There were some interesting things that we'll talk about towards the end about like how I felt about playing this as a 30-something vice how I probably would have felt playing as a
0: a team. Well, that actually Um, leads me to the whole point of the show, right? Let's start off at the top of the hour. Darwin, how on God's green earth did you miss this? So...
1: I think the trading card game was more in my sphere of knowledge before the
0: Game Boy. Just just to be crystal Um, clear, when Pokemon comes out, like I said, 1996, you're what? 12-ish? 11-ish? Somewhere in that neighborhood? Less, because I
1: graduated grade school in 99, so 96. Who remembers that statistic? (laughs) I remembered my graduation year from middle school, so there you go.
0: uh, Next up, we're going to find out that Darwin gauges years based on when he first heard Edelweiss. (laughs) I listen,
1: that's uh, possible, but I'm not
0: (laughs) going to reveal that
1: just yet. All right. So about how old were you? So that puts me at, yeah, 10. And so around that time, I know I didn't have a Game Boy. I just had gotten an SNES, I think, or at least I've had it for a couple of years. So I didn't have a Game Boy to play and I never really thought about things for the Game Boy. Sure. I knew the card game existed, but I actually chose the Star Wars collectible card game. I was bigger into Star Wars at the time, and it just felt like something that I would want to be involved in more. Unfortunately, there were fewer people because unbeknownst to me, Pokemon would be the next to Magic, which I also played, would be the
0: preeminent trading card game. Yeah, you weren't cool if you didn't have Pokemon trading cards. And I was not cool. (laughs) I had them and still wasn't cool, so don't feel bad. (laughs) Yes, same. (laughs) Uh Okay, so we talked a little bit about the trading card game, but I guess the game comes out, you don't have a Game Boy. Were your friends playing it at the time? Uh, no, actually. I don't think, I'm not
1: sure I knew anybody who had a Game Boy. Hmm. I knew some people who did, but I didn't know them enough to be like, oh, hey, let me mess around with with a Game Boy.
0: Or anything like that. So that's that's fair, uh, Sid. So I assume you played it, you know, similar age bracket, age bracket, right? So if it came out in '96, that puts me at about nine years old. Sid, I assume you were roughly the same age. I was three. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Yeah, I would have been three
2: when the original game came out. Um, I would have been five when yellow came out. My older brother actually passed down his blue version and his original Game Boy to me. And then I later got a Game Boy Color and yellow for myself. So I've actually played Gen 1 at least twice. Oh, that's fun.
1: Wow.
0: Yellow was great. It was. You had the Pikachu follow you around. It's very cute. Exactly. Which I think the whole, what's it called? Hey, you Pikachu. Hey, you. Nope. That's not what it's called. What was the Pokemon that came out right before Sword and Shield where you could pick Eevee or Pikachu? How do the uh, three of us not know this? We own switches. We've played together. So anyways, yeah, there was there was a new Pokemon that, that came out right thing? before it was, yeah. So there was a Pokemon that came out right before Sword and Shield, where you could either pick the Eevee version. It's called Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, I'm fairly sure. Oh, they okay, would it's literally all back to follow me. you around. Yep. They would literally follow you around, which I thought was a nice little nod back to the days of Yellow. Yes. I humbly am
1: nodding to the <laughs> two of you as you discuss this.
0: <laughs> Darwin
1: is nodding the way yeah, that I sure. nod when he talks about some of these words. Yeah.
0: He's nodding the way that I nod when he starts going on enormous tangents about military history. <laughs> I'm like, I am interested in this. <laughs> I I care what you're saying, and I have nothing to contribute. <laughs>
1: I will say, in terms of contributing, though, for the longest time, one of the first questions you ask is, did you get
0: blue or did you get red? So, I opted with blue. That was my starter. How about you, Sid? Was, was it blue or red?
2: Yeah, it was blue. Uh, blue was the original version that I had. Do we want to talk about what our starter Pokemon actually were, or are we going to get into that?
0: Let's leave Dawn for last. Sid, what was your very
2: first Pokemon. Pretty sure it was Charmander, because that's it's always been fire types. I actually tried playing blue again with a Squirtle, and I got my ass kicked. <laughs> I don't know why. It was, I've just always picked fire types. They're the only one that worked for me.
0: So I'm Grass Goon Squad all day, every day. My first Pokemon ever was a Bulbasaur. I have chosen Grass every single time since then. I think that it was really like the character design. I I don't know. Maybe that was it. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But there was just something about tiny lizard with a flower bulb on his back. It just really appealed to me. I thought it was cute. I liked the sort of motif of vine whip, of razor leaf, of things like that. So definitely went grass type. I will say, I believe Charmander is probably much more popular of a choice, generally speaking. My best friend picked Charmander growing up, and since I've always picked grass, nearly invariably he has picked fire every single generation. I'm convinced (laughs) it's It's out of spite at this point. But perhaps we'll have him on a different episode. So, Darwin, you've heard, you've heard some opinions here. What did you go with? I'm actually very proud uh, to know
1: that everybody here has a diverse choice. I will continue that
0: because I picked Squirtle. There is – I, I want to hear why. But let me just say that for the, for the listener at home, Sydney, I know you know this, but Darwin and I have been good friends for a number of years now. When we play Overwatch – He's the tank or the healer. When we play Warzone, he's always picking my ass up off the ground. When we played Final Fantasy XIV, I was the tank, he was the healer, and I would get way too weird way too often, and he'd have to save my ass. So why am I not surprised that you picked a creature who can go into his shell to defend himself? (laughs) That wasn't (laughs) honestly the intention. I just, I thought about, honestly, colors.
1: I'm like, it's Pokemon Blue. And water is blue. And I've never really messed with any of them. I hovered over Charmander for a while too. I was like, Charmander, fire. We're obviously playing a one-on-one battle. There's value in attacking, 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 and you know, fire is the thing. But for some reason, I I I stepped away from the table. I moved over and I said, Yeah, Squirtle. Let's let's do this. I was actually pleasantly, I, I almost argue I was fortunate. I Carried Squirtle in my top six pretty much through four of the five badges that I got.
0: Actually, Squirtle's a respectable choice. You know, Sid, I I have an interesting question for you. So I'm pretty precious about digital. Beings, And I know that sounds insane, so let me go ahead and explain myself. (laughs) I would feel weird about getting rid of my starter from my lineup. It felt very odd to me because this game is a journey. It's about, I've left my home, I'm trying to make a name for myself, and here's like basically my first friend. So I felt kind of weird about getting rid of of Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, Venusaur from my lineup. Sid, what what did you do? Did you keep Charmander all the way to uh, Charizard? Oh, yes, definitely. I am 100%
2: the same way. I've never let a Pokemon go. I don't think I've ever even traded away Pokemon i've held on to every single pokemon i've ever had so for sure i kept the i actually but never mind there's a a little bit of a tangent but
0: um (laughs) no it's okay that's what we're here for let's explore
2: it obviously i was very young i was three when it came out the memories are a little bit hazy from like the first playthroughs of blue and stuff so i actually do have memories of my charizard getting so
0: powerful that it stops listening to you (laughs) You, have you ever had a Pokemon so, do that? Yes, that is possible. There is an interesting feature in all of the Pokemon games where you need to have badges yes. to have Pokemon of certain levels listen to you. Now, I will say, I've never had it li- had it happen to me with any Pokemon I've caught. Okay? So that's actually really interesting that you had that happen to you. I've 100% yes. had it happen with Pokemon that was traded to me, though.
1: I've never traded Pokemon. I've never... I've put them away, for sure. But actually, no. At certain points... I'd put Squirtle into a box, but I've invariably taken them back out when I'm at the point where I'm facing the gym. My Squirtle had been the most leveled person, uh, person Pokemon. I mean, they have have thoughts and feelings. One could argue they're a person of sorts. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And if we want to go on tangents, uh, this right here is one of the biggest reasons why I specifically wanted Sydney to be here when I first began my playthrough. At one point, I caught a sure. Spiro. As one does. And as one does. Is that a going, Yeah, see, you could already hear Sydney snickering, and here's why. <laughs> Joe, this is gonna go completely over your head. But the second I caught the Spiro, I had to name it AIM 7. <laughs> and that's because the AIM 7 is a missile known as the Sparrow. So I immediately was just like, I have to, I have to. It's, it's gotta be done. And it is currently my second most powerful Pokemon next to This course. is another
0: one of those instances for the listener where I am just smiling and nodding along to military information <laughs> that I don't quite grasp.
2: It's, it's, uh, I'm laughing so much because I know he was so excited about this that he messaged me. <laughs> <laughs> and he like didn't want to spill the secret of the project that you guys were doing, but he really wanted somebody to just be able to laugh at the joke.
1: Because no one else would get it. So I'm just so glad that you're here, Sydney, to actually genuinely laugh with
0: me. Dari gets excited about military stuff the way, like, a five-year-old gets excited about jingling keys and Cadbury cream eggs. And I absolutely love it. I am here for it. Yeah, and so beyond that,
1: the Spiro had evolved to a Zero. Oh, I found the person that could rename it, and I renamed him Amram, which is another oh, missile type <laughs> the advanced medium range air-to-air missile.
2: It's actually better because specifically the Amram is what's replacing the AIM-7 Spearow. Oh, God. It just,
1: it just gets so much better it's, level, with it's the levels. You're like an ogre. Yes. <laughs> the Venn diagram of people who know Pokemon and people who know military systems <laughs> is so st- <laughs> Thin. I didn't think like, I'd ever hear like that
0: pixels. Yeah, it's, it's the two of you. It's two of the three people <laughs> on this call, and that's it. And like i'm like one of our listeners a hundred years from now. Yeah. Someone, 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 someone there. out there is losing do- their mind over the fact that you lost you named your like <laughs> losing it. I I cannot
1: wait five years from now to get a tweet that says, thank
0: you for helping me feel yeah, seen. Like, it's going to be like, we're going to be like dead. And someone's going to tweet <laughs> at our dead Twitter account, like went back to this thing called podcasts that doesn't exist anymore.
1: <laughs> so that was an inside joke that I was so excited to share. That is one thing that I really enjoyed was developing a connection with your Pokemon. I will admit that a lot of times they fainted. Sure. But- I was very precious about them. And more often than not, the times that they would faint, it was when like, okay, they're critical, but I know if I can get this next hit off, I'm going to make the other Pokemon faint and I can at least wait for the new combatant to come out and, and pull well, my Well, there's back.
0: entire strategies around that. I mean, Voltorb has self-destruct, you know what I mean? There's Yeah. And I got one and I was,
1: <laughs> I got one. <laughs> I should have known. I should have known that self-destruct would do what it did.
0: But I'm like, well, It's extremely it aptly named. It's, it's not up for discussion. <laughs> it's not called <laughs> Ice Cream Party. It's just, called self-destruct.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't know if it was going to, like, put something into the opponent to make it self-destruct. That and self-destruct? Called you? It was very Isn't legendary. that what that's called? <laughs> I would... Mean, so, I mean, it was literally the third move. I just, actually, no, it might have very well been the first. I was like, I don't know what this move is.
0: I got to try it out. And boom! <laughs> Darwin's just super hyped. I got a new move. I got to use it immediately. I have no idea but what it does. does. Highlight <laughs> self-destruct. Yes. Oh, dear and Lord. It was, it was very much
1: like Arrested Development, where was like, I don't know what I expected.
0: <laughs> exactly, Yes. <yeah. laughs>
1: And so I learned. I will admit that I was – I knowing that now, I was able to employ it in one of the gyms because specifically one of the notes that I had here was, <laughs> wow, fuck Celadon Gym. That was – that is the note that I have <laughs> in misty? my notes. Uh, no, no. That is the plant one because rap is overpowered as fuck. And that's my stance and you cannot uh, budge away uh, from it. Uh, you're thinking – Cerulean, is
0: cerulean, misty. City yes, is misty. You're right. I'm
1: so glad that at one point I'd managed to get a weeping bell before oh, I poison all day every day. Because uh, no rap, it was I, that is one of my primary tactics is just rap for days.
0: Did you ever use the aid of the internet to figure out how to better battle? And very specifically, we, as we know, Pokemon has like an RPS style, rapid precision style, Absolutely. weakness system. So, did you ever look up that chart? I did not. You absolute I... madman. <laughs> I Well, part of why I did that was I was thinking of like,
1: okay, take yourself back to 96, you said? Mm-hmm, That's when mm-hmm. it came out. It's very unlikely that there would have been access to the internet at large, where I can just go, hey, here's the Pokemon I have. Oh, you definitely want to fight these or whatever. So I kind of wanted to essentially brute force my way through. And I paid attention to when attacks were super effective and I sort of got a grasp of it, but I definitely couldn't tell you that given this type, I know exactly to use this I
0: mean, some of it's obvious, right? Fire beats grass. That should be fairly obvious. Grass beats water. That should be fairly obvious, Mm -hmm. right? When it starts getting a little dicey, is When you start dealing with like poison, ghost, fucking dragon, psychic, psychic. yeah, ass, yeah dragon like I'm type,
2: was,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you what, what yeah. fights dragon? I, I, I know what fights dragon,
0: dragon I, I, fights I, dragon. I'm not even kidding, <laughs> at least in gen one,
1: yeah, I think isn't I, dragon is like its own
2: self contained thing where it's like they fight each other and everyone else is just come, you know, they're at a level all their own. I think they didn't get like another, it's. Fairy type, right? Is the one that counters them I believe them fairy out. does like, beat dragon, yes. Gen mm. 4 or 5 or something like I don't even know. I haven't played a game that There's has
0: fairy type. There's some listener types. just screaming into their headphones like
2: How do you not know? <laughs> I haven't had a Nintendo console since like 2008
0: or something like so. See, I I have a little bit of history on my end. So like I said, I got Pokemon. So my history of Pokemon, let's actually talk about how I didn't miss this, right? I remember vividly being about nine years old, getting a VHS tape from Nintendo Power, I believe it was, of the first episode of the Pokemon anime. And I'm like, "What, what, what the hell is this? Pop it in and I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Like it was only the, I think it was the first two episodes. It might've been the first one episode. I can't remember, but it's, you know, Ash shows up in Pallet Town. Pikachu is his starter. The relationship they build. Pikachu absolutely hated him. He saves Pikachu, like the whole like emotional arc of that episode. And I was hooked. I found out that there's a game, you know, pure to the game, the whole nine yards, got it and just would, I mean, video gaming is all I did. And frankly, all I still do. I've played every single generation since then, except I did skip black and white don't really have a good explanation as to why. I played X and Y, black and white came out. And then I'm like, "Eh, I, I don't know. I just didn't pick it up for whatever reason. And then I played Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon and absolutely hated them both. I was so bored. But then Sword and Shield got announced and I was like, oh crap, like a fully 3D realized world. And sure, there's problems with Sword and Shield. But whereas in Red and Blue that you played, you're a little boy what are you, 12 or something ridiculous like that, some obscenely young age to be out on your own, and you go off on this adventure. I felt very excited about that as my 9, 10-year-old self, thinking to myself, oh, how cool that is. He gets to go off and have these powers. I mean, it's the same thing that attributed to Dragon Ball Z, right? Gohan's this super powerful teenager who gets to go off and fight these battles. When I picked up Sword and Shield, when it when it launched... The premise there is that Pokémon fighting in that region is almost a sport and there are actual arenas that people go to watch the sport of Pokémon fighting. And the gym leaders are leaders of these stadiums. So it's less about proving yourself in this sort of ancient rite. It's almost like becoming a soccer champion. You get to this point right away where you enter the first stadium and it's that season's introduction. So it's like, "Hey, here's your contestants, let's just call it." And it shows you the gym leaders and it shows you all of your your competitors. And as you're leaving, there's just crowds of people cheering for you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. And like I was nine years old all over again, like almost tears in my eyes. Just like, oh, my God, I have not had the same sort of I'm going on, you know, uh, Bilbo, I'm going on an adventure. You know, I haven't had like that experience in a Pokemon since Blue. And to feel that all over again in Sword to Shield allowed me to forgive a lot of its shortcomings. So it's it's a delight. and And for anybody out there who hates on it, sure, it's got problems. But come on, man. It's a video game. So this is an
1: interesting point too. I think to myself, when I continue playing this game, this might be touching on what we're gonna discuss a little bit later, so I'll keep it brief. I'm not sure I would play Gen 1, but I would be very interested to see what the shape of Pokemon is now. And I think that's because I have a lot of quality of life issues with the game. Sure. Uh, There were plenty of times where like, oh, hey, here's this vital item. Oh, your inventory's full. And then all of a sudden I have to wander back to a Pokestop and drop off items and figure out what to bring or whatever. I think not having a lot of information as far as, hey, what does this TM do until you boot it up? Things like that were kind of, I don't want to say off-putting. But it certainly took me off the path that I was traveling on. It's just like, okay, here's the thing I'm going to do. Oh, here's an exception. I've got to move to do other things, and then I can go back to what I was doing. That was one of the things that I noticed. I also really am not a fan of some of the opponents I faced on the road because their character design is genuinely terrifying. If you have not (laughs) taken a look at the super nerd pose... (laughs) When I first saw that super nerd wants to battle you, I'm like, I. am looking enough right now because this dude. Oh, oh, I the lose... one who's like,
0: he looks very sickly, and he's like on his hands and knees, looking behind he, you, yeah. like, yeah. He
1: may not have a spine. Like, I don't know
0: what his story is, but I'm not sure I want to face it. I feel both seen <laughs> and attacked by you being upset with super nerd. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was one thing that I noticed that I was very concerned about. The other character that I was really concerned about in Sylph Tower, they had a juggler who fought me
0: and I just- Oh yeah, the juggler. And he's like juggling a bunch of Pokeballs. Right.
1: And I'm just thinking to myself, what are you doing in a tech company?
0: (laughs) First of all, maybe that tech company was like a Google and they were trying to be progressive and, you know, entertain their employees. We know a happy employee is a productive employee. Who knows? (laughs) You know, okay, fine. Fine. Yeah, I well, might forgive a that. Now, I don't might get me wrong. If my that. company was like, I we want you guys f- to be happier, <laughs> here's a juggler, I would quit on the spot. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but at least I can get my head around it more than I can get my head around, like, youngster Charles wants to fight. Like, this is a four-year-old wanting to fight an 11-year-old. Right. Or just, in
1: general, running across people on the routes. And I know that, you know, it's meant for challenge. It helps with the grind. But, like... Some of these people had such wild pretenses, and I'm sure that it's lost in translation, but I distinctly recall, what was it? One was like, hey, you have nice shorts, and then the fight scene comes in. I'm like,
2: that's- Yep, yep. Oh my god, I remember that guy. That guy's like famous in the Pokemon fandom. It's like the, I like shorts
1: guy. Wow. So I'm glad that I picked them, but like, I just remember, like- Are you having a conversation with me? Okay, cool. This is oh, we're oh, we're fighting. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) I also am I'm very concerned about the parentage that occurs in the Pokemon world. Because again, you as a 12-year-old are just hey, go around and wander the world unsupervised. There's no discussion of telephones
0: or communicating with family. Sydney, cut me off if you know this, but this this leads us to a pretty good landmine of creepypasta, Uh headcanon, fan theory nonsense that exists within the world of Pokemon, right? So think back, if you will, both Sid and Dee, um, the trainers you're fighting, Brock, Misty, the rest, mostly children or or teenagers, arguably teenagers, right? Most of the enemies you fight are... You know, nerd the nerd, the super nerd, where he looks unbelievable. He looks like he has serious blood disorders. You know what I mean? It's something not right with him. Yeah, or it's like bug Catcher Alex. It's a little boy catching bugs or yeah. whatever, right? Then you get to Lieutenant Surge, arguably the first male adult you find since Professor Oak. He- also yeah. references okay. something, something, something. The war. He talks about like you would have washed out in the war. Or like you know something about getting back from the war. Oh no! There is yeah. a okay. very hotly contested and very hotly believed fan theory that there was an apocalyptic Pokemon war that occurred shortly before the events of Pokemon Gen One that killed. Most men. And that is why your father's not around. Gary's father's not around. Most of the gym leaders are freaking children. That is a well-known fan theory. Whoa. And I think the only other, uh, like, there's some very old people you encounter. There's older trainers you find. One of the gym leaders, which you did not get to, which is on Cinnabar Island, uh, is a very old bald man. But, like, you don't really see a lot of healthy young men. Let's call it seventeen to thirty-five, and the theory is that they're all dead. Mm-hmm. I wow. was not aware of this. Yeah, at this is all. vaguely familiar. I wasn't sure where you were going with this at first, but this is this is familiar yeah. to me. So, wow. I don't know. I don't believe that was ever. Let me take that back. That was never canonized. But if you no. ask any true blue Pokemon fan about that theory, they're like, "Oh yeah, no, that's that's absolutely what happened." Because. Like, what, the whole town is just a bunch of, like, single moms with deadbeat dads are gone? Like, what What happened? And you couldn't make the argument, well, they're all mm-hmm. off being Pokemon trainers, because the main character just is like, I'm a Pokemon trainer because I'm 13 or whatever. So what, you sire a kid at 13 and then go off on your mm-hmm. journey? That's ridiculous.
2: Right.
1: I also think now to the SS Anne and the Sea Captain, who needs a back rub, and I don't even want to get into that <laughs> beyond that statement, because that's just... <laughs> That was one of the most uncomfortable moments playing this game. There's
0: a lot of bizarro things. Hey, Sid, do you know the other big fan theory in Gen 1 involving the Pokemon graveyard? Would you like to recap that one? Um, I'll, I'll fill in whatever you need. Go ahead, go, ahead. So, yeah, go ahead. So Gary has a Rattata that evolves into a Radicate. At some point. Then you fight him in the graveyard and he no longer uses that Pokemon. Oh.
2: The theory
0: is that he is there because in the previous battle you wounded his Radicate so badly that you killed it and he is there to bury it. You're welcome for knowing that. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> okay. How. Yeah, that came back to me too. I was trying to-cause I remember something about Lavender. Yeah, yeah, like, the,
2: you know, Lavender Town is obviously bink, creepy bink, enough bink, as it is bink, bink, with an bink, bink, actual bink, like bink,
1: bink, bink. <laughs> with an actual like yes tower filled with like that, graves and stuff. Walking around in Lavender Town, I'm like, I need to leave. I need to do whatever business I have here and just go because this is there
0: is a uh, there is a well known rumor that people in Japan were having either seizures or going to comas from the music. I mean, of course, it's all BS, right? But that was like the big creepy pasta there. Yes, <laughs> I do remember no. that. There's something co- like
2: coded into the music. So
0: creepy. Yeah, like the, the, the exactly. Music. The music was so like discordant that it was making people nauseous. Wow, that sounds like some SCP type stuff. That's impressive. Yeah.
1: Also, one other thing that I also want to discuss in terms of like Pokemon culture, I was not aware that Team Rocket openly recruited as like, hey, we're an evil organization. Want to join us? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. They don't hide their intentions at, at all. all. I was, Not even a little bit. No, I was very floored by that. Like I met Giovanni a couple of times and he had some nefarious plots and okay, I get that you're a bad guy, but along the way, you're running into people- that one portion of the game, I forget exactly where, but relatively early on where you're fighting the five trainers and the fifth trainer's like, hey, you've got what it takes to join Team Rocket. I'm like, oh, no, not, no, 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 that's not what I'm about. What, <laughs> yeah.
0: are, you, what are you, what are you doing? Stop it. This was a job interview? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I was not expecting this. So spoiler alert, if you really care, go ahead and pause Uh, D, you're not going to continue playing this, I assume. We'll we'll get back to the ups and downs as to why yes or no. Probably not, no. Okay, so here's an interesting spoiler alert for you. Giovanni is the final gym leader. Get out. So if you go to, I think it's Viridian City is the third town, and if you go, there's a gym there that you can't get into. He is the leader of that gym. Huh, wow. It is unclear why.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean- what better way to recruit nefarious Pokemon than being a leader worth challenging? Whoa, whoa the Pokemon not the- are not nefarious. No, 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 no. But I mean, if you are a gym master, you have an opportunity to already go through the weeding process.
0: You have a sphere of influence. Yeah,
1: because it's like, oh, I'm here to face you. Cool. And then
0: you dunk on this kid. It's like, all right, well, you're <laughs> out. <laughs> I just, so That is the one thing, you know, okay, so. Children are great. I don't personally want them. I have plenty of nieces and nephews that I, I love seeing, right? So let's get that mm-hmm. out of the way. I'm no insane child hater here, right? Mm-hmm. But I always think back to the Billy Madison scene where he's playing them in dodgeball and just getting in their face and like screaming and like, <laughs> like, like shit talking them. And just the idea of being like a full grown ass man, Pokemon, like gym leader and beating the ever living crap out of kids teams and being like, yeah, what, right, what? Right. What? Get out of my gym! Get out of my chip! Get out of my gym! Just makes me so happy. <laughs> so, so, Sid, here's an interesting question for you. Favorite Pokemon from Gen 1, least favorite Pokemon from Gen 1? I, I don't care what the criteria is. It could be one that you use the most, usually it could be design, right? It could be the one you think looks the coolest or not looks the coolest. Whatever you want, and just kind of let us know why. If you have something locked and loaded, let me know. If you need to stall and give you a minute, I can tell you mine.
2: Yeah, let me stall for a little bit. <laughs> not part, a problem.
0: It's been a while, so. I think mine, as I mentioned, earlier is Bulbasaur. And I I know I'm cheating with my own question here, but all three of Evolutions, right? I thought it was a very well thought out Pokemon. He's got the bulb on the back, Bulbasaur. He grows these vines, Ivysaur, and then Venusaur. And he has this giant plant on his back. He's this enormous turtle-esque, lizard-esque creature. I thought the design was cool. Obviously, it was the first one I picked, so I had an affinity. Now, for my least favorite, I'm going to go with design again. And before I give my answer... I, I want to take us through a very short history of terrible Pokemon design. Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of hate for, I think it's called Garbator. I'm, I'm spacing on the name, but from this most recent generation, there's a Pokemon that's literally garbage with a face. You yeah, yeah, Little trash bag. It's, it's a trash bag. bag with a goddamn face. face. And people yeah. hate it because, oh my goodness it's gracious, how lazy like, are you?
2: What? It's a, I mean, you had a, a lamp like a couple of generations before
0: that. <laughs> yes, Cindy's absolutely correct. There was one that was literally a lamp. Like, it was a sconce. It was a, yeah. a wall mounted lamp. And now you have a trash I bag. Have a, no. Cindy, no trash can. bag. Yeah. Now you have a goddamn trash bag. Even before that, there's a, a vanilla It's a fucking ice cream cone with a yes, goddamn face. Yep, so that too. there's been some bad gosh darn designs. Sure. Now, that having been said, people are forgetful. And we forget that there was something called muck that was a pile <laughs> of muck. There was a Pokemon mm-hmm. that is just a pile of fucking vomit, of gray-purple vomit. And people have the audacity to complain about a pile of garbage of <laughs> the face. One of them was Orb. It was just a Pokemon that they drew Goku or Vegeta eyes onto. <laughs> It was a Pokeball, and they said he'd got Vegeta's eyes, and you blow up. Congratulations, you're a Pokemon. <laughs> like, there are some garbage-ass Pokemon designs in Gen 1, and we need to at least understand that. Uh, so, yeah, so I would say least favorite for me, not from a performance standpoint, but was probably Muck, because it was just this, like, sloppy blob that was like, Bruh. It's like, great. Good, good for you, champ. Go, go get him.
1: Oh, bless your heart. You're trying. I mean, actually, yeah.
0: that does...
2: I was going to say that does change my perception because I I remember like both Brimer and Muck were supposed to be like a toxic sludge representation and there was supposed to maybe be something to be said about that. So maybe that kind of changes my perspective on the garbage bag Pokemon. So maybe they're just trying to do something with that because... That's a problem that's a, that's a legitimate problem.
0: We have a problem with trash in our world. Sure, so,
2: yeah. You know, just, just a little note. I would, I would love it if,
0: if if the garbage pokemon evolved into the great garbage island in the Pacific Ocean. Oh my god. That, that's its final form. <laughs> that would be pokemon whatever they're
1: yeah. like 600 yeah, cuz i think we're,
0: they're like one gen, on gen 8 right now with yeah i think yeah. like 560 570 pokemon right now or something like that. That'll be the six hundredth that evolution yeah. into the the floating
1: trash pile in the Pacific.
0: Uh do you all Sydney gathers uh, gathers of thoughts? Do you have a favorite or least favorite? I think
1: it's obvious that the favorite is Spiro for me of course. just because I've got to name that. Uh, I thought that was wildly hilarious. And instantly in that moment, Spiro became the most precious Pokemon. <laughs> That had to be defended at all costs. I'm not sure I had a least favorite. I think from a design perspective, I can get behind Muk and, and some of the other Pokemon that you've already mentioned. I might be inclined to say Voltorb though, because aside from self-destruct, which after I had that, i never touched it again. So I'm like, well, now he learns this move that like is next to useless. So for me, because again, I wasn't thinking to that level of like, hey, here's this Pokemon that I have trouble facing. Well, let me just throw Voltorb out, self-destruct, and move on to the next. I didn't – I mean, I eventually got to that level, but initially I was like, well, I've just wasted a move. Yeah. So I didn't like Voltorb because most of his attacks early on were very not useful. And the only reason I kept him was because it was the one that I could put Flash on, yeah. which I needed for the Rock Tunnel. Yep. That was for me my least favorite because he really didn't have much utility for me until I realized problem Pokemon kill your own and
0: everything's fine. Yeah, there's a lot better electric Pokemon you can find also.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say,
0: so, do you have exactly. uh, answers best and worst? Yes, I'm actually going to go off of what Darwin said that
2: the I have a personal connection with the Pokemon because I was so young when I first played Blue, I got. Mentored a lot by my older brother, who gave it to me. <laughs> I was so young; he actually taught me the concept of grinding in video games through Pokemon Blue. Sure, huh? He taught me how to catch Caterpie. If you make the Caterpie evolve into a Metapod, then it has other moves, because like all of Metapods in the wild, only know Harden. I leveled that up to a Butterfree. The last time I had interaction with that blue version that I can remember, that Butterfree was a level fifty-two that knew Side Beam. That one-shot everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. That's going to be my answer for my favorite Pokemon, just because of the
0: personal connection. Butterfree is a strong choice. Yes. Yes. There's also an unbelievably sad episode of the anime where he lets his Butterfree go, Mm -hmm. and I challenge any of you to not cry Mm -hmm. at that episode. (laughs) It's the same story as you, Sid. It's the same story. I remember that one. So what about least favorite, Sid? Mr. Mime? Fair. Okay, Why? It's not creepy. that I need any explanation for why a person hates mimes. <laughs> Just, he was creepy. Okay. Yeah. Just looking at his face. <laughs> Didn't like it. That's that's a wildly understandable answer. <laughs> Agreed. Speaking, Agreed. Speaking of uh, of Pokemon with questionable designs, Jinx is another one of them yes. with a questionable design. <laughs> Very much so.
1: I don't think I came across one. Hang on.
0: I hope you're looking it up, D, because there is no, no words I can use. Yep, D is making a face that I would expect. He understands already. (laughs) Oh, no,
1: no, 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 no. I
0: regret. Jinx is a female humanoid type Pokemon, and it is, for all intents and purposes, one of the most egregious examples of blackface in the modern era, so much so that they inevitably changed the color palette to purple. Who approved
1: that? <laughs> see, I'm looking at the the pictures now, and all I see is a grimace with a blonde wig, and I'm okay with that. I didn't realize the history see, behind. See if you the can look that- up
0: Jinx Gen One, because that purple skin that you're seeing used to be jet black.
1: Yes, I do see one that is jet black. I also see a rule 34 one, and I regret that as well. So oh, I'm, God. I'm pretty much done with this, uh, this search. I'm going to close this tab and
0: uh, watch my eyes. Uh, Darwin, that's not closed tab. That's 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 add to favorites. That's, that's the wrong oh, no. button. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh,
1: I got to delete this bad. Um, yeah, that was uh, – it's interesting how much I'm missing and yet how much I seem to have like already picked up just from getting to the fifth badge. I'm almost genuinely curious. Like for me, I guess one of the curiosities is, is there a through line through all the Pokemons or are you all
0: constantly playing a different character? Not only are you playing a different character, you're playing a different region of the planet.
1: Oh. Yes. I do remember hearing stuff about like, Alolan versions and Galarian. So there really isn't a ne- necessarily a requirement to have played a previous version to be caught up.
0: So no, there is no requirement with the exception of perhaps experience, right? Just having mm-hmm. the gist of the idea. But every generation since Gen 1 has either slash and been in different region with new features, be it baby type Pokemon. So inevitably Pikachu had a baby type that was Pichu. So if you bred two Pikachu, hmm. you'd get a Pichu, which would evolve into a Pikachu. Gotcha. Things like day-night cycles. Hmm. So they've always added. So the first region, the region you played in was the Kanto region. Okay. They generally try to map them off of different areas of Earth.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: for example, an X and Y spacing on the region's name, but it was loosely modeled after Europe. Hmm. So every, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Kanto was loosely based off Japan. Okay. The newest version takes place in the Galar region, which is the one on the Switch, Sun and Moon. Hmm, Gotcha.
2: What was the the version? The Alolan Archipelago or whatever? That's the one that introduced different types of Pokemon based on the region. So, like, that's the kind of thing that they introduced in that generation and are continuing in the next generation. My point being is, like, each generation of Pokemon adds something new and then they kind of keep it rolling. So, I think that's just a good example of showing yeah, they introduced regional types of Pokemon. So, that's going to be a thing from now on is that they're going to have Mm -hmm. regional types going forward, you know.
0: And and it's not just a a reskinning at all. It's actually a a type change Mm -hmm. as well. So, Meowth has a Galar region Meowth that is steel normal as opposed to just normal. And then the Alolan Executor is something like ridiculous. What, like like ice or something absurd like that? I think it was something very weird. Yeah, I think it was like ice dragon or something ridiculous. I, I can't quite remember. So, I thought that was kind of cool. You're right, Sid. Like, it's not just. Hey, we want something new. Guess what? It looks a little bit different here. It's fundamentally a different like species. Kind of yeah. cool. I think knowing what
1: these changes are provides kind of a transition of like my perspectives and my thoughts going into it now, vice then. I think this is a good point to start discussing
0: that. Absolutely. Well, actually, before we get into the ultimate question at the end of our podcast, as we will continue to do, I think I want to ask you one important question before we get into that, right? Okay. Sure, sure. High level- Thumbs up, thumbs down for Pokemon. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay. Just curious, because we talked a lot about the nuance and all of that, but it it wasn't clear to me whether you actually enjoyed yourself or not.
1: I will say that there were some interesting elements. Uh, It felt very like Metroid-y in certain ways, because you would have to go to different regions. It's like, oh, hey, I need to go back here and grab this thing. I found the bike ticket well after finding the bike shop, and I was- there was a time when I'm like, okay, how much grinding would I have to do to actually get the million gill, whatever currency they use?
0: I think it's literally Pokebucks. I'm not kidding.
1: Oh, wow. So I, I, I was thinking to myself, how am I going to get this? Because a bike would be incredibly, wildly useful. And again, the inventory issue. And I talked to the guy who was like, oh, I'm going to give you this thing after listening to me ramble on and on and on about my favorite Pokemon. And I couldn't get it. And then I finally cleared my inventory. I'm like, bike ticket. Nice. So it maybe go back. So that is one thing I kind of appreciated, sort of breathed extra life and purpose to going back. I think I will not say that Pokemon is without flaws. Like I said, the inventory management is a little challenging. Some of the things like how you get a Pokemon to cut in the world as opposed to in a fight was unintuitive for me. Sure. So that was kind of a little frustrating. But I feel like these are all quality of life things. I think at its core, Pokemon is a fantastic game. It's rock, paper, scissors. It's simplified. But there's depth of strategy in knowing that you will have battles with more than one Pokemon. And so you don't know who you're going to face. You don't know if your six are going to be useful against them what tactics you can employ. And so there is some joy that I would like to sort of explore in the future, especially with the Switch version, because Joe, I've seen you play it and you seem to be very into it. And also there's like the Dynamax, Gigantamax rating feature, which seems kind of cool as well.
0: Yeah, eventually they evolved, uh, introduced Mega Evolutions where you could supercharge your Pokemon. And then that became Gigantamaxing where they would both super duper evolve temporarily for that battle and grow to colossal size. Basically, hmm. all I'm trying to say is Godzilla v. Kong ripped off Pokemon. That is canon. <laughs> Legal battle (laughs) will ensue. No, no, but you're dead right. Yeah, if you, I'd be really curious to see you jump directly into Sun and Moon, not taking the middle stop, right? Like obviously there's eight generations. No one would expect you to go through all eight, but I'd be really curious to see, because it's, it's it's wackadoo how much different it is from that. I mean, just to give you a small snippet, because your inventory management complaint is extraordinarily valid, and now you have a bag that has pockets. And when I say pockets, I mean there is your Pokeball pocket, and you can tab through the different inventory types, so you can see all the different Pokeball types that you have, all the different healing items that you have, all the different key items that you have, and you can actually sort through it that way. You know, the daycare system's fully revamped, as you mentioned yourself. There's the raids that occur now. You know, trading obviously goes over the internet these days. The polka stop and the polka shop are in one location now. So when you go to the polka stop yeah. to heal, there are two other stores. One of them is for like getting coffee or something, bananas like that. I'm not even kidding. And the other one's for buying <laughs> things like healing items, etc. You know, so gotcha. there's a whole bunch of, of additional QOL. Kind of stuff that they inevitably did add, but I think your general assessment is something I agree with. It's it's a good game that perhaps had aging issues, which we'll get into in a moment. Sid, anything you want to add to sort of Darwin's thoughts there? I I think you pretty much nailed a
2: lot of it because I remember I remember hearing him say a couple of times that there are there was like inventory problems with the first game, and, and I was trying to think back. I had a, a lot of hazy memories of the first game, so I don't necessarily remember ever running into that but like i immediately went back to gold and silver because they introduced the pockets the next game like that was a thing that they addressed almost immediately so you wouldn't miss like you wouldn't miss picking up a bike pass in the older in the the later games because it has a special pocket to go into Ah. so that was something that they did address
1: pretty quickly about the game which is awesome i think and i think that's part of the reason why i think Pokemon has such longevity perhaps is because of the responsiveness of the development cycle if you will like it's interesting to me to know that like one of my biggest complaints was immediately addressed in the next version i don't know how to handle my mandatory no problem we've got pockets we've got a system to work everything out oh by the way we still have our awesome rps here once again you're a 10 year old go explode I, I,
0: I will i will say not to burst your bubble at all i will say that oh, no As Nintendo often does, they giveth with one hand and with another taketh away. So so it's not that they've removed any features necessarily. I'm I'm sure that there's some subtle feature that I'm going to get lane basted for not knowing. But they did a really good job of listening to the fans for some amount of time and then completely forgot to later on. So perfect example. One of the biggest complaints about Sword and Shield is... The graphic Fidelity. So they added it so that Pokemon are wandering the fields as opposed to random encounters, which I think is an excellent choice. There's still a little bit of random encounter action there, but right. you know, over half of the Pokemon you could fight are out in the field and you can physically avoid if you want to, which I think is extremely amazing. It adds to the immersion, makes me feel more engrossed, the whole nine yards, right?
1: And it also, for me, I almost felt like dreading going through grassy areas oh great i'm gonna have to deal with something or half of my pokemon are either fainted or die or about to faint from poison i'm not
0: oh god here we go and i'm sure you and i are the same where we we just refuse to use expendable items how what do you mean i'm gonna use a potion i'm obviously gonna have all of my pokemon get to one hp and then heal up the next pokestop (laughs) exactly Exactly. So that's the good thing. The bad thing is, Pokemon Sword and Shield did not do as good of a job with graphics as we already know the Switch is capable of, right? If it was Mm -hmm. a launch title, I think there would have been a lot more forgiveness. But a launch title, more or less, was Breath of the Wild, and it looks unbelievable. Yes. You know, for for sure. It doesn't look like PS5 whatever. That's not what we're looking for, right? Right. And there's a lot of sort of old school, grass looks a little choppy, not as full. Trees look a little blocky. There's a lot of complaints around the graphics, right? So that's what I mean when I say, you know, giveth and taketh, right? Another prime example, how much money would I pay to play a Pokemon MMO? I mean, I, I would pay... $500 $500 quadrillion dollars a minute to play a Pokemon MMO. <laughs> like, it's unreal. We've been asking for that since EverQuest came out. And for whatever huh. reason, Nintendo just has no plans, won't do it, doesn't give a shit. I don't Chronic know. terminal
2: allergy to, like, online play that has been a thing for yes. so long. I remember trying to play online games on the DS, and it's such a pain. Because they're, I guess they're trying to be so family-friendly that they don't want to. Because you know how... A lot of games have that ESRB rating at the beginning where like the online interactions have not been rated by the ESRB. So,
1: you know, they can't, they're trying to keep it contained. See, that's an interesting point because I think back also slightly, definitely tangential here. But, you know, when I think back to when I first saw Splatoon and I thought to myself, oh, this would be fantastic to play with my friends. And knowing that the party system is as much hot garbage as it is, is oh, no, no, wildly no, no, no. The,
0: system, the party system is great, except that you have to play for conservatively 10 hours to unlock it. Oh. So Sid, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. You're right. Nintendo has like an allergy to fun online play. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, I believe it.
1: I think for me... That would be very interesting. It's nice to know that at least they've kind of dipped their toes in the water with the raids. But now that you mention it, it would be interesting to have a Pokemon MMO.
0: The online battling with Sword and Shield isn't bad. It's pretty straightforward. Generally, it's not great. There's this weird password system that's not ideal, but it's not terrible. Mm -hmm. Notice how I'm not calling it good, but it's not (laughs) terrible, which by Nintendo standards- It's five steps forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. If you were so inclined to buy Sword and Shield, and if you were so inclined to do a raid or battle against me or trade or whatever, it's a very reasonable prospect. It's not mm-hmm. this esoteric, ridiculous system. Mm. You know, this actually—we're talking a lot about modernity in the Pokemon era. This brings me to the sort of final thoughts of this show. So we talked a lot about how did you miss this. We talked a lot about your thoughts. So I guess my final question for you, as it will be on every one of our episodes, is: Are you glad you missed this? Is this something that you're happy that you didn't? Experience experience until later in life? Or is this something you kind of wish you caught the wave when it was still flowing?
1: I think the answer to that is going to be nuanced. The knee-jerk reaction though is, I wish I had caught the wave. Sure, that's fair. Uh, I think there is a lot of enjoyment to be had. It really does create a sort of like socialness, especially, again, thinking back to 96. If you had somebody who played Pokemon already, you get to learn a lot from them. And just like, hey, did you know that this type of Pokemon is useful against this? Or, hey, I'm stuck here. Oh, you should try this. Pokemon as I played it now was... I don't want to say riddled because that's not the right word, but there were plenty of moments where I almost wanted to, in in essence, phone a friend or compare notes. Knowing that there is a large community that I can tap into would have been very fun and made this game even more enjoyable for me than it already was. I would say that my experience now lends me to give Gen 1 seven half or an eight. It's a good game, and I think – If I had played it when I was younger, I would have been more frustrated. Uh, I know I was a little bit more introverted when I was younger. And again, I didn't necessarily have access to people who had a Game Boy and who had Pokemon. I wouldn't say I missed the wave because it's still alive and kicking. I mean, I'm
0: going to be new school if I, you know, really get into it. It's going to be you and a bunch of like... Current middle schoolers just super (laughs) (laughs) hot about Sword and Shield two. Yeah,
1: because the last thing we need is me hanging around middle school, Like, (laughs) hey guys, what kind (laughs) of Pokemon you got to trade? (laughs) This is this is how this this show gets immediately canceled because I'm now just getting <laughs> I, restraining orders left, if right, and center. The hosts to go hang around middle schools and talk to children.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I will say this much though: it's kind of funny you bring up the concept of did I miss the wave or or how you feel you did not miss the wave, right? Mm-hmm. So, my wife is six years older than me, right? She actually turns forty this year, and mm-hmm. we talked on and off throughout our relationship, we've been together for almost 10 years now, about what little bridges there are or are not, right? Six years is not tremendously different in age, but there are times it comes up. And Pokemon is a billion percent one of those times, right? I remember maybe three, four, five years in our relationship. I, I want to say Pokemon X and Y was coming out. And me and a handful of my buddies were like, oh man, did you see the new one? Oh man, it looks so cool. Look at the region. It looks great. Oh, it was one of the biggest graphical jumps in a Pokemon game and all of that. Just freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. I buy it. I'm playing the crap out of it. And she's just looking at me. Like I got 15 heads, all of which are tiny babies crying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? what is, what's going on? She's like, what are, you, what are you fucking playing Pokemon? Like what the fuck are you playing Pokemon for? I'm like, what do you? I, you know, I was what? I was maybe in in the neighborhood of 26 or something like that at the time. Uh, and she's like, yeah, well, like that's fucking that's a kid's game. Like that's a fucking child's game. And I'm like, bitch, no, it ain't. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, the D. You point out a lot of these things, right? It's deep, and there's the RPS system, and and by this time for X and Y, there's breeding, and there's breeding across types, and there's it's crazy. Like the level of depth that they've involved in this game is, you know, you need an accounting degree to be able to go through this freaking game at this <laughs> point. It's insane. Right. So we, you know, we we kind of have this fun back and forth obviously she wasn't upset with me, but we have this funny back and forth and eventually i'm like oh and it dawns on me i'm like when pokemon came out i was as i've mentioned a hundred times now about, about nine ten years old i got the vhs i was stoked i watched the anime all oh, this game looks so cool she was 16 17 years old driving to the mall and smoking cigarettes with her friends so like of course she looks at Pokemon like it's a children's game right so I think for someone like her and and you're close enough in age to her to to kind of feel where that is right but I I think that I think it's very interesting from your perspective to say you did not miss the wave because I think there's a whole bunch of people, especially closer to that Gen X range, that are like, yeah, no, fuck that. I totally missed the wave. And she's not anti game. I mean, she plays Ghost of Tsushima, she played Spider Man, she plays all that stuff, but she has this like stigma against Pokemon as a children's game. And let me tell you, it ain't.
1: Yeah. I, you know, now that you mention it, one of my friends who's a couple years older than me, too, we were. Sort of talking about the idea behind this podcast and even mentioned to me like, yeah, I completely miss Pokemon. I just never, it never seemed enjoyable to me. It seemed like you said, a kid's game. So I think you bring up a good point that like I was at that weird point where it could have gone either way because before me at the time, there was a choice of Pokemon, Magic and Star Wars, the uh, trading card game. And I went for those two and partially because there was this, feeling that it was a kid's game, like Pokemon was a little bit more childish. And having played it, I think that is uh, inaccurate. You are playing, your character is a child, yes, but again, the core mechanics of the game are very in-depth, are very intricate and have the ability and the potential to become as complex as they have become. So I I,
0: I agree. And, you know, Sid, I don't know if you have any final thoughts on that concept. You guys have been like
2: listening the whole time and I'm nodding in agreement with a lot of what you're saying. It was a kid's game because we played it when we were kids. A a lot of stuff gets that. I kind of wondered if like she thinks of other Nintendo games that came out at the same time. Like Nintendo got that rap of like making kids games. So, you know, that was just a thought. Mm -hmm. that I I mean, I mean, hell, when the Genesis
0: came out, right? Sega does what Nintendo don't. Yeah. was (laughs) their whole marketing campaign. You know, D. just some things we didn't get a chance to talk about, but just kind of circle back. In reference to, quote unquote, missing the wave, you wished you got to partake in that more social aspect of it. Pokemon is one of the first games that had the Game Boy Link cable, right? You would physically plug a actual cable from Game Boy to Game Boy to trade. Yeah. You know, Schoolyard Rumors concept was a huge deal. When you enter the SS Anne area, there's the dock. Yeah. Just to the right of the dock is a truck. There was a million different things of, oh, no, that's how you get Mew, the 151st Pokemon, which is real. Huh. But there was a million different, oh, no, I used Strength. And there was a Pokeball in meat that had Mew. I do remember the car, yeah. You know, there was a lot of schoolyard rumors that would spread. And I got to say, I ate that shit up. Like I loved that shit about this game. And it's one of the fondest memories I have is going over to my buddy Vin's house and just, oh, I went to Safari Zone and I, I heard you can catch Mew in Safari Zone. And like, you're right. The internet wasn't as prevalent as it, as it is now. And, you know, you couldn't dispel those rumors as quickly. You know, I 100% appreciate the notion of, I wish I didn't miss the wave, but maybe pick up Sword and Shield. See what you
1: think. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely might. Just because again, this was an enjoyable game. It was easily pick up and put downable, which is kind of a rarity in today's day and age. I find myself very often grossly invested in a game and I'm in it for a long time. I I would look and like, oh my gosh, the time has passed and I don't know what's happened. The nice thing about Pokemon is that it felt bite-sized enough because there were no side quests, really.
0: There's no... Bug Catcher Nicholas wants you to find five fucking metapods to give them. There was none of that bullshit. I,
1: I never had to like turn on the game and think to myself, "Where
0: was I? What was I doing?" It was clear: grind out, beat the ever living shit out of them, <laughs> be masters, murder other children's animals. Yes, pretty much. well. I, I think I think that just about does it. I don't I don't know that we have much else to say. I think we really dissected this. Sid, any final thoughts on Pokemon? Um, I'm. S- s- Sorry, I keep fucking panicking
2: every time you ask me a question. Because I've been listening. Like I've been, li- I'm listening so intently to two of you. I'm like, yes, yes. Like I'm listening to a podcast, and then you turn to me and you're like, "Have you got any
0: thoughts?" I'm like, uh. and you're like, "Oh shit, I'm making this podcast." <laughs> Right. I'm sorry I'm sorry about that um no don't be sorry at all i i often forget that people aren't as uh emotionally dead inside as i am so i, I apologize for that uh, thing.
2: <laughs> no, i did i did like the um the point that darwin brought up about that there are no side quests because i didn't think about that until he said it and he's like he's he's right that it's very all the things that you need are on the path to the end which is something i didn't think about until now i think Pokemon's pretty much kept that up. There's been a lot of more activities added onto the sides, but the main quest has still pretty much been very streamlined and very easy to follow.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, and Cindy, you're 100% right. It's something I had never even considered because Pokemon is such like a... W- what's the word I want to use here? It's it's such like a, like a fixture in my mind. It simply is, yes. right? When someone says Pokemon, it's already preordained what it means to me in my mind, right? So that is definitely something I hadn't considered. And one thing I think is an enormous strength of every single Pokemon going forward is something you pointed out, Sydney. The side quests are Minecraft. What I mean by that is the side quests are build your own adventure. Mm -hmm. The side quests that Pokemon has developed are breeding, are trying to get a Pokemon with perfect hidden stats or trying to catch them all or whatever. I mean, of course, the the catch line is got to catch them all. Yeah, One could argue that's the true end of the game, fine, but it was absolutely not a requirement of beating the game. And it actually didn't really do that much extra for you other than bragging rights and, of course, widening your arsenal, right? But if you catch a level 5 Mew, who gives this shit! It's just level five. You, it's not actually going to help you in the mm-hmm. end. Um, so I, I think that's an extremely right. valid point. It should be a strong point of the series overall. Yeah. D, any any final thoughts from you? Anything you didn't get to, get to say? Any, anything in your notes that you really wanted to touch on? Actually, I
1: don't have anything in my notes that I really need to add because I have managed to touch them all. I, and
0: that's I, not the tagline. It's not got to touch them all. It's it's got to catch them all. <laughs> more of that <about> getting. <laughs> I just getting canceled immediately.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, getting canceled more about that, that not all.
0: being allowed in your middle
1: schools. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> I managed to, to hit all the notes, and they were all fantastic, and I, I genuinely enjoyed my time playing
0: that, that makes me very pleased to hear. I was a little bit worried that you weren't, not because you wouldn't appreciate it from an artistic standpoint, but because, as you said, it's very dated. I was a little concerned about it, too, but I'll put it to you this
1: way. There was a time when I played The Witcher outside of when the original Witcher, when it came out. I have not gone back to that game. I've not gone back to it because I've not had an interest. So your concern was valid. Playing through this, yes, there were issues. Yes, I had a couple of moments where I was just like, what the hell? I have to go back to this Poke Center a third time because I've picked up so many different items from, you know, um, self-tower or whatever. It was never like absolutely soul-crushing. It was never absolutely frustrating. It's like, okay, so here's the thing. I do that and I get back and I'm back on yeah. track. And maybe that is the selling point of Pokemon is no matter how – sidetracked you are, you're never far off from getting back on the path that you need to be on.
0: I mean, honestly, I think that's just good advice for life. Pokemon confirmed new religion? Snaps? Just, no? <laughs> I'm not Am sn- I dating myself? <laughs> no, you're not dating yourself, but I ain't no gosh darn bohemian hippie. <laughs> Um, No, but that's that's great. I I did genuinely like hearing your thoughts. I would be very interested in potentially doing a follow-up episode or a mini-sode if you ever picked up Sword and Shield because I think that much like when Philip J. Fry gets frozen in the year 1999, wakes up in the year 3000 in Futurama, I, which is a reference I know you don't get and will potentially be a future episode. <laughs> I can see, it, I could see um, it on its face. Yeah. yeah. So, but either way, you know, I, I think that being thrust that far in the future would be a really interesting perspective to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. But I, I think we done did it. So let me just go around the horn really quick. Sid, uh, anything you want to plug before we say goodbye? Not a whole
2: lot. I haven't been doing a whole lot on the internet, but if you are interested in me, you want to find me, I have a Twitter that is at a lush and a tramp, no spaces. And if you know where that quote is from, you're pretty cool. Go follow me. (laughs) I don't. Maybe we'll add that to the list. Maybe we will. Yeah. You're interested in
0: me. That'll be the number one place to find me for anything that I do in the future. Yeah, Sid, Sid's always creating something kind of cool and something interesting. Used to, uh, used to stream code a bit. I always enjoyed those. So we'll see what we're up to in the future. As for me, you're, I, I will use the word ubiquitous because it's, I'm like a bad penny. You can't get rid of me. I'm absolutely everywhere. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. Most importantly, you can follow me on Twitch. All of them are going to be Thrilljoe Baggins, T-H-R-I-L-L-J-O-B-A-G-G-I-N-S. If you can understand that dual reference, because it's not just one, I will gift you a sub. How about that? So I'm at Thrill Joe Baggins on Instagram, at Thrill Joe Baggins on Twitter, and Twitch.tv backslash Thrill Joe Baggins. We do a lot of VR stuff. We do a lot of uh, Beat Saber recently, actually. So come on, have a good time, come party. Darwin here is actually one of my mods. Darwin, you got anything you want to plug? I think the most
1: active on my social media right now is my Instagram, which is at Dwin84. Feel free to... Uh, Join in on some of my adventures as a side project of mine. Occasionally I am flying. And so I have at the aspiring aviator on Instagram as well. That's not as active because, well, look at the modern <laughs> Because times. generally points not around exactly. to
0: the state of the world.
1: Yeah. So I don't really get a lot of flying in. <laughs> Eventually that's going to be something that takes, uh, I regret no, saying that. So I, I cancel saying you. Saying
0: this is worse than the middle school comment. <laughs> You don't get to say it's gonna take off about your flying YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to say that. It's not okay. I want to say. Oh, no. I honestly, I was very upset as absolutely. that I tried for it. To I got a fly flying know. reference. You bailed on it and it crashed and burned. Correct. It absolutely did. I, I that took I, a most I, dive fast. I aborted.
1: Yes, I aborted the uh, the approach and instead of going
0: around, I said, yeah. Nope, I'm out. That was that was rough for me to watch and listen to. And, and for those of you listening, I can see him. we on video chat. And that was very tough for me to watch the the excitement at the pun and then the failure in his face as he said it out loud. It was like being really excited about a dish that you made. And then the second you ate it, you wanted to puke.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was like my first attempt at some of the dishes that I've made. It's it was like, oh, I have many regrets. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. All right. Well, anyways, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be trying to release once a week. At least well, This is our first episode So who knows Maybe we'll do mini Maybe we'll release twice a week I, We're both busy adults With many important things to do So uh, let's see how this happens I will just kind of reiterate The format a bit here That we will have a rotating guest Sydney, thank you so very much For joining us on this specific episode I'm sure we'll see you soon
2: Thank you for having me
0: uh, And hey, Darwin Why don't you tell us What next week's episode is It is something I've not experienced Yes So
1: one of the things that I'm into Is musical. And it was incredibly and wildly shocking to me that Joe has not seen Hamilton. So next week, we ask Joe the question, how did you miss
0: this? And let me tell you, you're in for a hell of a treat when I go on a 45 to one hour minute rant about it. I'm I'm genuinely excited. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, everyone, it's
1: Darwin here. Thanks for listening to this episode of How Did We Miss This? Feel free to rate and review us if you like what you heard. And if you wanted to reach us, you can talk to us on Twitter and Instagram at HDWMTPod. And if you wanted to email us, you can send something to HDWMTPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one.